Welcome to episode 84 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Okay, welcome back to another episode. Um, I am going to get on a soapbox for a minute for my (laughs) weekly uh, tip of the week. I just have been... I know, I know. You have to I do. warn me about your soapboxes um, now. I, this is one you'll okay. join me on, so it's fine. Uh, so I just have been thinking about. I in the last week had a friend whose student had to do an online learning day because there was a threat of gun violence at their school, and you know we've had this shooting recently in Michigan. And as an educator, as a spouse to an educator, I am sick and tired of feeling like I'm sending my husband on to the front lines when I send him to school. And it's something that's hard for me and I know is a problem throughout the country. And there's been lots of things that have talked about that um, mental health for teenagers and for our students is at an all-time low right now. So while there's a lot of things that I wish I could change with getting mental health access for students, keeping guns out of students' hands and things like that, um, I've been trying to think about the things that I can change and the things that I can fix and affect for my own students. And, And it's something that you know, despite the news has touched me personally, too. I had I sat in an IEP last week with a student that the parent was saying is suicidal. And I really come every week hoping that he'll show up. And last week he came with speech being the last place he wanted to be and was crying in the session. And I just had to stop and stop everything that I was doing. I had him in a group with another student. I told another student to leave and go to the bathroom. And I just said, you know what? I The first thing I want you to know is that I care about you. And if coming to speech makes you feel worse about yourself, then that's not where I want you to be. But I am here to help. So it's been rough. And um, I was looking at some ways that I other ideas for helping our students and how we help them when we're there virtually and not in person. And I came across a great um, blog post article from the whimsical world. I've looked at her for a lot of um, advice and things that she posts, but she talks about what to do for students in crisis. And that can be, you know, lots of, you know, mental health crisis, not feeling safe at school crisis, not feeling safe at home crisis. Um, but some things that we can do while we are just still online. So she had three main things. And the number one was to simply show up, stay present and listen you know, make sure you're doing that active listening, finding out what's really going on with your students. I try to check in with mine every week, say, you know, how's school going? What's your hardest class right now? What's your easiest class right now? What's what's going good? And, you know, really doing that listening and avoiding judgment or jumping in and telling your own stories and really just doing that active listening. Um, and the second one that she did is avoiding judgment. So making sure that you're not doing anything that makes things harder for your students when they're in that low point, you know, celebrating their wins, um, not being uh, strict with parents or with students on, you know, they didn't show up today, avoid that kind of like harsh uh, communication towards them when you know that they're going through a crisis. 
And then the last one that she said was to help create a support community for your student and family. Um, you know, like I contacted that student's case manager, sent him to the counselor's office right when that happened. But knowing those people in your school, even if you're not physically in your school, that you can talk to and having a, a place where you can send those kids. So those are the things that I can control and I can do to, to help that very serious issue that I'm just so dang sick of hearing about and experiencing. Yeah, and I think you being a spouse of an educator is an extra layer, uh, as well as dealing it with it directly with students that you're working with. It's it's a tough it's a tough time, and and I think I think mental health and our students uh, is is something that we have to we have to sort of redouble all of our efforts to make sure that these students get connected to the help that they need. Um, and and just be diligent with that because um, yeah I'm I'm really sick of all the shootings I remember thirty years ago when I was a reporter you know in South Carolina having to cover school shootings you know and so it's not changed you know it's still as yeah. a problem that we need to address and and do something about um, we have to value the lives of these kids over you know, having access to, you know, a, you know, a semi-automatic or automatic weapon. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah. So, <clears throat> well, hang in there. You're doing what you need to do. Um, and that's all we can do. That's all we can do. Just watch out for ourselves. Watch out for you know, the kids make around sure, us. You know, have the resources on speed dial, so to speak, and, and able to, to make those referrals yeah. when they need to. Well, on the podcast today, we have uh, Tim Brockup. He is at Blink Sessions, and I've heard some really great things about their platform. And he's going to come on and talk about, you know, how their platform is being used, not only in speech language pathology, but in some other uh, allied health areas as well. So Tim is joining us. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Hi, are you creative? Do you want to give a webinar or teach a course? Maybe you're a writer. Do you want to create a blog? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. Whatever your passion is, we at 3C Digital Media Network want you to be a content creator so we can bring your ideas to life. So, to get started, visit our website at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and sign up to be a content creator. We look forward to seeing your passions come to life on our platform. Well, Tim, welcome to the podcast. Can you share more about your background? Sure. I mean, I probably have a little bit more of a different background than most of your guests. Um, I'm sort of Johnny come lately to the therapy world. Um, <clears throat> so I actually, uh, my background was more in nonprofit work. And the founder of Blink Session, Eric DeGrove, uh, was heavily involved in our nonprofit, um, just volunteering and doing things like that. And so we were having, we'd have these conversations back and forth over the years. Um, <clears throat> and as he started growing it, he needed some help on the sales and business development side. And I had three kids going to college, 
So I said, sure. <clears throat> so I dove in, I guess it's almost three and a half years ago now. Um, and it was a little bit of uh, baptism by fire uh, of learning the industry, understanding, uh, you know, what, what the needs are, um, trying to figure out how Blink Session can play a role in, in, in helping that industry, things like that. So I've been uh, heading up the business and uh, sales side for Blink for the last three and a half years. So that's kind of how I got involved in it. But by profession, I am not a therapist. Full disclosure. <laughs> that's okay. All right. We are, and sometimes we, you know, I question myself all the time if I'm really <laughs> <laughs> a speech pathologist. Well, uh, I didn't say I didn't need um, help, but uh, yeah, <laughs> anyways. So uh, the founder, uh how did how did he come up with the idea? Was, yeah. was he connected to therapy or or mental health or it was? Yeah, so Eric DeGrove is the mm -hmm. founder, and his wife is uh, a speech language pathologist, and they have a brick and mortar in Colorado Springs. And uh, about five years ago, they were having some issues with kiddos getting into their office because of weather. Parent, you know, the same thing all of us um, have experienced from time or two if you're running a brick and mortar, and so. He looked online. He's like, there's got to be some sort of tele, you know, telehealth model that can be used. And all he could find was a video conferencing uh, like Zoom or WebEx. And um, he is a programmer by trade as well. So he set about to build it. Of course, he had his boss right in, uh, beside him, his wife telling him, hey, listen, it needs to do this. It's got to do this. That button's got to be here. If it's going to be effective, it's got to do this. And he soon was able to actually gather a group of therapists um, that helped him in the development of it. So, you know, that was five years ago he started, um, but the technology has been out on the market for the last four years. Right. So, yeah. And they still run the the uh, clinic there in, in Colorado Springs. So heavily involved in that. That sounds like, I don't know, an SLP's dream to be able to have someone there that does a programming side and you'd be able to sit there and tell them exactly what you wanted included in it. So what are some of those yeah. features that people can find if they look at the platform? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the interesting parts about it is that he was running, he was running the practice. So he was on the admin side where she was doing the um the therapy work. And so it was an interesting mix of, of one, uh, focusing actually on the online experience. When you go into a session, what happens, right? It can't just be video. Mm -hmm. um, and so things like having uh, a whiteboard area where there's a there's place for interactive resources to happen where the, the, the client or the student can move things around the screen at the same time as the therapist uh, you can play things like, you know, memory games. So it's very interactive. There's widgets on there, like sound spinners, timers, things that a therapist would use in an in-person scenario, but had to be redeveloped for an online uh, video, um, you know, therapy session. And the idea was that, you know, we had to create something that would go beyond just video conferencing because that already existed. And you know, by and large, it has to be very, very well repurposed in order to be effective in most cases. I mean, ask mo most of our school um, therapists about having to, to use Zoom or WebEx the last several years. So 
So that, there's the online piece, which is something that we really focused on. But then we also had the admin stuff of all the client data being in there. So there's things on there like, um, uh, you know, scheduling reminders. So both a text message and an email goes not only to the, the student, but if they have a caregiver, that caregiver gives the same thing. Right. So you don't have someone not showing up for an appointment. There's billing. You can use, we have an integration with Stripe. So, you know, if you're creating invoices, that stuff becomes very fluid, but it's all in one place. And I think, you know, that was the other thing that we really wanted to do was simplify that process because, you know, what was out there was Zoom and WebEx. And there were, there were some folks that were very effective at using those, but they had to be very creative. And, you know, it took them, you know, months, if not years to get good at that, right? Well, if you're going to onboard a bunch of therapists and you need them to overnight be able to do online therapy, uh, that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so those are just some of the features. We do also have actually a training side of Blink as well, um, especially during COVID that, I mean, we onboarded hundreds of therapists in school districts all over the country and in private practices that were having to do it, you know, not because they wanted to, but they had to. Um, and so that was also very, um, you know, that, that's something for us that we were, we were very proud we were able to do because it really helped folks that were scared to death of going yeah. online. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of other features I'm missing. It's pretty robust because over the years, you know, you have people saying, Hey, you should do this. You should do this. And so if we, if we can, we do, if, if it doesn't make sense, we try to, figure out a way that uh, you can still accomplish the same goal, even though it's not really doable in, in the platform. Mm -hmm. So yeah, good question. So is it one that um, people can, is it a subscription based model? Is it a like contractor provider model? How do people uh, yeah. get access to blink sessions? Yeah, it's a SaaS model. So it is subscriptions. You pay once a month for the month. And if you don't like it, you don't have to pay next month, which you know, is sometimes I feel like we have to, you know, it's really important that our clients really buy into it because we really do have to sell it every month. But there's two subscription levels. One's a Blink Go and a Blink Pro. The Blink Go is not going to have all the uh, necessary admin pieces on it. And it's certainly, it's not going to have like all where you keep all your client information in it. It's really just going to be the actual online session yeah. component, whereas the pro has all the other pieces. So, and if you go to blinksession.com, um, you can find all that information yeah. on the website. I like yeah. that idea of the monthly, because, you know, if you're maybe in a school and you just want to pay for it during the school year and not in the summer or vice versa, if you're, you know, like at a school during the school year and you want to do some private sessions in the summer, you could just pick it up and do it for the summer too. So that's, I like that yeah. model. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we were flexible. School districts have a little bit different pricing model okay. that we had to work yeah. with. Um, but, you know, yeah, that, that part, the idea is that, again, we wanted to simplify the ability for folks to go online and make it so they can be actually effective um, without having to have a degree from, you know, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. <laughs> so. So Tim, I, I was noticing that, of course, you know, you know, Kim and I are both uh, speech pathologists, mm -hmm. but the platform itself actually serves 
several other disciplines, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have, um, I mean, it's mostly used by SLPs, um, but we have a lot of uh, folks in the ABA industry that also use it. Um, one of the feature sets on there is you, you do have a dual camera option, um, which is used a lot in assessments, but also um, in observation. Uh, we have an observation feature too. Um, so ABA and the speech pathology use it the most. We have some OTs that use it. Um, some counselors, uh, therapists uh, will use it, but for the most part, it's in the interactive therapies, um, just because of the components of the whiteboard and online interactive stuff. That's awesome to be able to serve all those different disciplines, knowing that yeah. predominantly is uh, SLPs, but you know, it's it's certainly uh, across Allied Health, we're seeing you know telehealth is is where it's all moving. So yeah, you guys. Well, are- it- Perfectly positioned for that. It was, you know, I told you it was a little bit of baptism of fire to start to understand mm-hmm. this industry. Um, there's not as much crossovers I thought there would be, honestly, in the interactive therapies, but there is more and more of it that's happening. And so, um, you know, from that vantage and standpoint too, you you really need, you really have to be able to do that if you want to be able to be effective and be relevant, um, you know, as these, the telehealth uh, sector grows. So, yeah. So talk about the, uh, tele re- excuse me, tele resource exchange, because that is yeah. something that, that is, I think a very big selling point in terms of the resources that are available through blink sessions. Yeah. From the get go, uh, you know, we realized that one of the biggest challenges for people going online was going to be the resources, right? Um, something besides just looking at a kid and saying, what does this look like? Um, and then, you know, making them interactive. And so we had a, uh, originally it was called a catalog and it was just for people that were using the Blink platform. Um, and those, you know, would then work seamlessly in the whiteboard area with all the, the interactive features that we have. But as, you know, this was prior to COVID, I guess it was end of 2019, what we realized is that we had a lot of resource creators that, um, you know, were interested in providing their resources for more than just Blink uh, users. And so what we did is we created the Teleresource Exchange, which is where then we put it all online, where folks could, you know, anyone that was a, created resources could become a seller, and then they could sell them in that resource exchange. Now, um, what we always encourage them was that, hey, listen, you know, this is going online is new for folks. Um, so, you know, give them one or two resources that are free so they can get an understanding of how your resources work. And then it's it's designed around a teacher pay teacher model. It's actually not a revenue stream for us. It's actually a, uh, it's designed to be a, um, you know, a value added feature for our folks that are using the platform because it's such a big issue. And then of course, COVID hit. And that, you know, that was a, one of the biggest things that just continued to come back to us was all these therapists are having to go online that were scared um, to death because they'd never done anything online. They'd all done it in person and having these simple resources that can work seamlessly in that whiteboard area for them was gold. Um, And it got used pretty heavily. Um, We were, we were happy we had done the, the, the homework of getting it up prior to COVID because otherwise it had been, you know, we'd have been slammed. So yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And we see with Teachers Pay Teachers, I know, you know, I'm, I'm at a university and so my grad students are on that site all the time. Yeah. You know, and so they're constantly looking for resources, trying to find new ideas. And and I think, you know, having that available, having yeah. the, the tele-resources so, available. Yeah, something is, is that's awesome. specifically for teletherapy, because sometimes yeah, right. it is hard to, on something like Teachers Pay Teachers to sort through which ones would work for what you're doing right. online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that again, you know, Eric, who built the program was very good at understanding how systems need to work. So how do, how do we simplify having a seller upload and create a resource, making sure they put the right tags so that when people are looking for things, it's not, um, you know, hard to find. And then of course we have the professional resource creators like super duper speech corner and others that are on there that we worked with to, to, to digitize some of those resources kind of pioneered some of that stuff for some of them. Now, most of them actually have some sort of, you know, uh, digital resource that's available um, for that. So, yeah. Well, um, where do you think you're going to, how, how does the um, company think they're going to proceed in terms of expansion? Where, where, where is it, where's it going to go next? Yeah, the million dollar question, right? I mean, we, so we had, um, you know, overnight, we, I mean, just with our current customers adding users went tenfold, you know, bigger, right? I mean, literally from Tuesday to Wednesday. Um, and as, you know, COVID hits, everyone's going home and, it, you know, it was on. And so we had this huge influx of, of teletherapy users that jumped on. And because we're month to month, you know, we saw that just explode. But then, you know, our fear was, oh, man, after COVID, it's all going to go away. But the reality is um, it has subsided a little bit, but, you know, not near, I, I think, what we were assuming, certainly not near what it was prior to COVID. And so there is a market for it. And we continue to think through uh, on our end, how do we position Blink to be a, a the go-to tool for someone who's going to do interactive therapy to have in their toolbox, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you hear it all the time, you know, you know, someone grab, grab a miter saw, right? You know, a miter saw is, a miter is actually a company that makes the saw, but the miter saw is the circular saw, people just call it. So the idea was right. we want it to be, you know, priced appropriately, simple enough that, that any, any therapist, whether they're doing in-person or not, or online, or online or not, has the ability to go online, and it's simple. And in fact, we have a lot of brick and mortars that use it both for in person and online, because because all the the patient data is in the system, all the you know the scheduling reminders, all that. Whether you know they have an in person meeting or they have an online meeting, it doesn't matter because all those things are interactive. So, you know, when we look at the future, you know, we'd love to figure out ways to partner. Um, that's been the way that we built Blink from the beginning is looking at other people in the industry that are doing things and what are mutually reinforcing activities that we could do together to make, you know, our products better. Um, so we're reaching out to people and, and you know, generally <laughs> the conversations goes, oh, we never thought about that. Let me get back to you. I mean, because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Eric and I are um, sort of out of the box people. I mean, our whole lives we've been that way. And so we're constantly trying to think through what are some options to make this more effective, right? Um, and it's it really is, for us, our, 
our desire is to see the actually online therapy component of the industry become a discipline. Um, so it's not just like, uh, well, it's just video conferencing. Well, no, if you're going to do therapy online, there actually is an art to it and it should have some training that goes along with it and some understanding and using the right tool and not just grabbing a zoom or some other video conferencing piece that's available. Um, because you know, you can buy, preach. Yeah. You you can (laughs) buy on those and there's some people that use them very effective. So I don't want to disparage. Um, and certainly, you know, they're great for video conferencing. They do a great job for doing even what we're doing right here is perfect for that. Right. Um, but when you need an interactive component, especially with, with children that have to be engaged, you have to do something that doesn't have a pause in it. You know, while you're looking, you're screen sharing. So you pause for like even five to 10 seconds, you'll lose a kid. Yep. And you guys know this. Um, yep. And that's the reason why with the whiteboard, we made it so you don't, you don't do any screen sharing. You don't have to, you can, but it's designed that you don't have to do any screen sharing in blink. Um, Cause you, you really don't want a pause. <laughs> um, right. You want them, you want them to keep going. So yeah. yeah. Those transitions that kill you. Yeah, exactly. And I really, I just love the idea of having it just be part of everyone's toolbox too, because I really think that I hope it opened a lot of like smaller private practices or large private practices, open them up to see like how many more students or kids or adults could I see if I had this as an option for people, you know, like, are they somewhere rural and am I somewhere rural and can I, you know, just add that to my toolbox so it's another service that we provide even if we're primarily in person. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the big hurdles always cost, right? Yeah. I mean, you've never had to pay for a, a platform before. And now all of a sudden you have to, it's just like, I mean, think about our cell phones, right? I mean, 15 years ago, we had a flip phone. We were paying like 15, 20 bucks a month. And now like, you know, our phone bill is like the right. biggest bill we get every month besides right. our mortgage. Um, right. So those are things that people I think have to grow into, you know, we, mm-hmm. we have to do the work on our end to make sure that it's, it, it, you know, it's worth, it's worth their investment in it. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, they'll come, they'll come along, but it, I mean, that is our dream is for them to understand that blink is, is going to be the go-to tool in their toolbox so that they, it's available whenever they have to go Here's online. Here's the for question session, for you for sure to put you on the spot. Yeah. There are other platforms That's out right. there with a similar model in a sense that there's subscription. Mm-hmm. So for our, our listeners who are yeah. thinking about this or Maybe they've done some some telepractice or telehealth, and now they're searching for that platform and ready to take the step. Why blink sessions? Why should they call on you guys before going to something else? Yeah, well, and and this is going to sound nerdy, but it, it's the technology. So when when we when we went tenfold overnight, our our system did not crash over the course of all of COVID. We didn't have any issues with that. Um, and that's a big deal, right? I mean, you can't, you can't have your system crash regularly if you're, you have scheduled appointments with, with kids online or, or clients online. So our technology is elite. Now, you know, I'm only going to speak to ours. I can't speak to anyone else's. Um, the other thing is when, when Eric began to build it, he understood that the challenges were going to be in the bandwidth and the processing speed space, Right. 
kids are on a Chromebook or maybe an iPad or, or an, another kind of tablet, right? They're, they weren't designed to do, you know, all this stuff that, that all of a sudden we're asking them to do. But our technology is built in a way that it uses the least amount of bandwidth, least amount of processing speed. But what that means is it's not Star Wars. It's not, it's not a laser show. It's very practical. It's simple. Kids figure it out. Uh, therapists figure it out right away. So from that stamp, from the technology standpoint, that's what I would say. Hey, listen, you need something that's you know going to be elite when it comes to that. The other side of that has to do with just the way that our resources and the way that it um, it's simple for your students or your clients. You know, we always think about the therapist, which we should because they're the primary user. But we don't think about is that your student or your kid is using it once or twice a week, right? So the way that they engage with that platform has to be simple. Um, a therapist is going to use it, you know, what, 20, 30, 40 times maybe over the course of a week and over the course of a year, they get really good at it. But a, a kid who's onboarding it is only, you know, using it once or twice a week, maybe. So that, that piece for them, the client experience has to be simple. And we've done that well. You know, we've added the things like the, the appointment reminders via text and email uh, those sort of things. Um, and then, of course, the resources are are what sets us apart because they they work seamlessly in the platform without screen sharing. And, you know, because we built it based off a of teacher pay teacher model, that resource library and catalog is growing literally every day. We're adding resources. Um, and that just means that it's more, you know, that again, that's a value added thing for our clients that are using it, the therapists. Um, it's something that we can do that makes it their life easier. And, um, you know, we're happy to do that. So, I mean, those would be the things that I would, I would highlight, um, you know, it's always going to be, yeah. I mean, going online is not easy. I, I mean, I don't, we, I do, whenever I do my demos, I always emphasize that, listen, <laughs> going from in-person online is totally different. It's not easy. Anyone tells you that it is, is full of malarkey. Um, it, it is an art and it requires some learning and, and you're not going to be able to accomplish everything online that you do in person. You just are not, I don't, you know, and, I, and we're okay with that. Um, we don't want to pretend like we can do something that we can't. Um, but there is a lot that you can when you're using uh, the feature set effectively. So, I mean, those were the, those would be the things that I would highlight. You know, as you're looking at our platform, it's got to work. Can't you know? You you can't it can't be breaking down or it can't you know the bandwidth issues can't be something that's always a, a problem. So, right. Yeah, that's a good question. That was I don't mind you, being you put sold on the me, spot. so I, I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the technology side is something, you know, we I, we tell people we're, we're a technology firm. That's what we, we build the technology. You have to implement it. So you tell us what you need, but then we got to make sure that when you're doing what, when you're using it, you know, when you're, when you're cutting that, that board, that that saw cuts the board. Um, that's really important to us. And so we, we focus heavily on those things. I agree. It, it, at the end of the day, it just has to work. Yeah. You have to be able to depend on it. Yeah. Well, Tim, I think it's uh, we've arrived at the most important time of our interview with you, and that is our moment of Zen. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I think he's he's panicked. I think he's ready to run out. 
He's suddenly he's suddenly having computer problems and can't continue. No. Your your moment of zen <laughs> always has the opposite effect on people, Todd. <laughs> uh, so it's it's we, zen for us. Yeah. It's zen for us, maybe. Um, we we have a series of questions we ask all of our all, all of our guests, yeah. and just to get to know you a little bit better. How's Abs- that? Absolutely. Okay, so here we go. Uh, what's the most used app on your phone? Most used app on my phone, huh? This is going to sound terrible, but it's Footmob. I'm a, I'm a big soccer guy, so I'm 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 constantly looking at soccer scores and tables all over the world. So, who's which which club do you like? I'm an Arsenal fan, and then, Arsenal. Uh, you know, I'm I'm here in Philly, so I'm a big Union fan. <clears throat> so we got robbed um, in the MLS Eastern Final because half our team got COVID. So. <laughs> Like we were playing, we were pulling kids like high schoolers from our academy up. <laughs> it was crazy, but anyways, so those are the teams that I pull for. Um, uh, the Gunners won today, which is good. So, top four to table. Yeah. So what? Cam is in Utah. What was it? What's what's the the club in Utah? Do you know? Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake. Real. Yeah. Yeah, they so made they, a run this year. They they won what year, about ten years ago, twelve years ago. 12 they won i think yeah yeah so so i was on an airplane with them flying back from washington dc oh to wow utah because i was at utah state okay um <clears throat> utah state university and i ended up sitting beside two of the guys they had been to the white house okay to have the you know the yeah, pictures taken and all that stuff and they were flying back to utah wow that's so great. i got to nice. sit with a few of them and talk that yeah. was my only um, experience with professional soccer. <laughs> yeah, that's great um, cool story. So, um, what was the last TV series you streamed? Last TV series I streamed. Um, I wa- I watch a lot of sports, so I just actually there's a one there. Um, I don't know actually what it's called. It's on Apple actually. It's a it's actually a, a therapist. Um, it's a I have to look up the in, name, but uh, it's in sessions or something. In well, no, it's just, in treatment. It just came out. Um, it's on Apple TV. I'll have to look it up. I'll see if I can. It's with Will Ferrell. Um, oh, oh, and and Paul Rudd. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, it, the shrink next door. Or something yeah, like exactly. That. Oh, it's, it's a. Um, it's, it I was mean, based I, off of it. There's a podcast about it too. Right. Oh, really? It, it's a it's a true mm-hmm. story that it was based off of. So there's a podcast about it too. I've I've listened to the podcast and I I need to watch the show. But yeah, it was a super interesting story. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually over yet. I I binge watched mm-hmm. it over the weekend, like the first five, four or five, um, and then right. ran out of time. But um, that was the last one. A really interesting story. It is. It is. Yeah. I I watched a couple. Uh, what's a favorite book? Huh. Um, well, I'm I'm actually reading a book called "The Body Keeps the Score" right now um, by Vanderkoek. Yeah. It's it's uh mm-hmm. it's actually a childhood trauma book. Um, there's a doctor up in Massachusetts that's done a ton of work on it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a slow read because uh, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the box, but that book has been really helpful. Um, for me personally, and also for our family, as you know, we walk through just be, trying to be a family and some of the things that come up. So good book. I'd recommend people to read it. 
um, just make sure you give yourself a lot of time. So to process. Yeah, huh? exactly. Uh, what's your favorite genre of music? Oh man. I always tell people if it's a good tune, I like it. I mean, honestly, I listen to country. I listen to rap. I listen to R and B. I listen to pop. I listen to folk. Um, my favorite band is paper kites. Um, so that's, Paper kite. Yeah, you should look them up. They're a band out of Australia. It's I don't even know what kind of music it's called. It's like folk, um, what Euro, a little bit. Okay, it's good tunes. So, cool. I'll look them up. Yeah. Um, who would you like to have dinner with, dead or alive? Oh, dinner with dead or alive. Hmm. Um, wow. I don't know. I think I'd love to sit down maybe with Pele or Maradona and just ask yeah. them a little bit about their lives. I mean, both of them sort mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, arguably the best soccer player ever lived, but they came from pretty extreme circumstances to where they were at. So, you know, even, even questions outside of, of actual soccer, I mean, right. you know, tied to the, to the, obviously the book I'm reading with body keeps a score and how that affected how, you know, they were in, you know, how they actually lived their lives. I think it would be, I don't know, that would be a lot of fun for me. So. Sure. Sure. That's a great answer. Yeah. Um, what's the most exotic place you've been or the farthest place you've been? Well, <clears throat> I grew up in West Africa, a country called Gabon. Wow. Well, okay. If you, right where the equator hits the West coast, um, it's French speaking, tropical, mm-hmm. Um, virgin rainforest, virgin beaches. Um, so that would easily be the most exotic place. <laughs> I, I lived there until I was 14. So it, I don't know. Wow. If it was, I wasn't necessarily visiting. I was more living, but um, right. it was a treat for sure. I bet so. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, what's the scariest thing you've ever done? And you can define scary in any way you want. Um easily driving in africa oh <laughs> i remember so in the country of gabon where i grew up the logging was a big industry and so mm-hmm. it could come out of the interior of the country usually it was on a friday or a saturday because that's how they got to the port and it was a whole reason and i'm and you know you have these huge logging trucks on these roads that, they were gravel roads and you'd come around a corner and you know they're the back end of the truck is on your lane and it's, I mean, it's easily by far the scariest thing I've, I've ever had to do. Um, but never had an accident. So, um, feel fortunate about that. I, I think some of the scariest, uh, car or travel related, uh, situations I've ever been in has been in a taxi in a foreign country. Oh, really? Yeah. I was on a tour bus by the Amalfi coast where like the roads are super, super narrow. And every corner we went around, I thought we were going to die. <laughs> Wait, where, where were you? Uh, in Italy by the oh, Amalfi coast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in, but in a big like tour bus, which their roads were not built for. <laughs> so I would agree with Todd. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, but you know what? They're in complete control. That's the crazy part mm-hmm. about the whole thing. Yep. They have it down to a science. Right. Um, what's a pet peeve of yours? Oh man. <sighs> Ask my wife. I'm, I'm one of those guys. It's like really <laughs> nice guy until I get in the car. Um, Uh-oh. so I don't like, 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, this, this is a this is a simple one. Right? <laughs> I have to make a right turn, and someone mm-hmm. is in a lane, and if they would just move up, literally three half a foot, three foot, I could get by and make a right turn. But right. it's you know, I'm like, just have a clue that there's other people on the road besides yourself. I mean, there's, I mean, I could go on for hours about you know, and I'm sure because I'm an amazing driver, I never do it. But um, anyways, yeah, I'm one of those guys. I turn into not nice person. So then I get out of the car and everything's hunky dory. Sure. <laughs> my my wife is a little more um, animated when she drives. Let's oh, that way. Yeah, that's a good way. I should remember <laughs> that. Have you, um, you be my PR person, Todd? <laughs> sure. Uh, if you uh, if you didn't choose your current profession, what profession would you like to try? Well, I'd be a professional soccer player. I mean, well, oh, that's yeah, makes but sense. I mean, try, I guess that's a, that'd be different because I can't really try that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would love to coach. I, I would, I mean, that was, that would be something that I would really, yeah, I would love to coach if I had time and space for it. I'd do sure. it. Yeah. Awesome. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, man. I mean, well done, right? I mean, that's what everyone wants to hear. Um, I would love to hear that if if I got there. Yeah, I mean, that's simple, but really, that would be my, that would make my heart glad for sure. Exactly. Well, Tim, one last question. How can people get in touch with you or learn more about Blink? Just go to the, to the website. You want to mention that? Yeah. Just go to BlinkSession.com. And uh, from there, you can link over the Teleresource Exchange um, or also to mm-hmm. our training and consulting parts, too. So if you are you have a brick and mortar and you're trying to get online, you'd help with that. Uh, we have a whole division that works with that. But it, if you go to BlinkSession.com, all our information's there. You can sign up for a demo. Um, my email's Tim at blinksession.com. Pretty simple. Um, so if you have a question, feel free um, to reach out to me. I'm pretty good with email. I get back within 24 to 48 hours. Or I, you know, we have a whole sales team uh, that I can push it onto too that can help you with a question. So yeah, I would love to hear from you actually. Great. Well, so, thank you for joining us and best of luck with everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Same to you. That was Tim from Blink Session. Go check out their platform. They have a lot to offer. So please check them out if you're thinking about doing some telepractice, you're thinking about which platform to check out, see what they have to offer. And with that, we thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. If you don't mind, please rate, review, subscribe, or follow the podcast. This always helps us to attract new listeners and to grow this podcast, especially if you leave us a five-star review. That's always very, very helpful. We will be back again next week. Until then, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. Network.